That's into right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds, here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pesky Poll Podcast, episode 94. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to call this episode yet, but just know we're very depressed. It's not a fun time at all to be a Red Sox fan. We're going to get through this together. So, Sunday afternoon, wouldn't think of a better time. Sit back, listen to this podcast, pop a cold one, do what you got to do to get through this. Joining me today is an OG of the channel. One of, I would say, my second ever viewer, somebody who is consistently coming back to watch the podcast. JD, introduce yourself to the people for those who don't know. Yeah, I'm JD. I've been uh, listening for a long time now, and uh, it's a pleasure to be back on. Uh, it's been about two years now, hasn't it? Yes. The last time I was on was when we had the collab with the Fumble Ruski podcast, where we gave our predictors for the World Series and the Super Bowl. I just want to put it on the record. I said the Braves won the World Series. I said the Steelers, they made the playoffs, didn't do so well. <laughs> but I got the Braves. Mm -hmm. That, I believe, was our episode 69 that we did on April 20th. Because when the opportunity arises, you kind of have to. Right. You have to. So we're almost 100 episodes in, which is shocking to say. I'm honestly shocked I've made it this far, to be completely honest with you. But we got a lot to talk about. So let's get right into it. First, there's no shortcut coding it. We're getting our asses whooped right now for the yes. what, third straight, fourth straight game in a row, pending back to the All Star break. Right now, it is the top of the fourth, and it's five to one. Not only that, all three of these past games that we've had that have been absolute blowouts have all been at home. Meaning, that I don't even know what the fuck that means. It just means we're getting killed. And it's not even in front of somebody else's crowd. It's in front of our own. And I know some people who have been to the games, especially the one that happened a couple days ago that we'll talk about. And they're, it's just depressing to be there. You know, you go to the ballpark to expect to have a good time. But when you're getting routed that bad, there's just no getting around it. Diddy, last three games, what do we think? I mean, it's it's totally embarrassing. And you see uh, Nathan Evaldi come back. Mm -hmm. He pitches two innings in that game, you know, gets absolutely shelled. Then you see the pitcher parade. You know, I wasn't watching the game. I just kept getting the alerts from the MLB app. It's looking like a football score. I got people saying that they hope the score, you know, gets 28 to three so we can see a Patriot-like comeback. <laughs> I see people saying, oh, hopefully we'll be pulling off the biggest comeback in history. At least there's still hope. But it's embarrassing right now. And, you know, most of it is the offense 
not doing as much as it could. But the pitching staff right now, it's abysmal. I mean, when you look at who's healthy right now, um, you have Avaldi coming back. You have Pavetta, who's been kind of fluky this year. And you have a bunch of call-ups. You know, it's fun to see uh, Winkowski and Brian Bella, who's pitching today. Um, You know, it's nice to see the future. But, I mean, I think out of all of them, you know, Cutter Crawford, who was relieving at the start of the year, went down, came back up. He's starting now. Again, seemed like he was doing okay. Only gave up three runs yesterday or whenever he pitched and then kind of went downhill. It's cool to see the future, but out of all of them, I think Winkowski had one good start, and out of all the uh, call-ups from Worcester that have come up, his start has been the best, and it hasn't been that great. And you have Chris L., who you're hoping to come back, breaks a couple of fingers, he's gone. You know, Right now, my only hope is to see James Paxson pitch. Hopefully he'll be all right, but the problem's in the pitching. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, we're focused, well, not really focused, but we're letting so much of our future shine right now, which I'd say is a great thing, but only teams that are, like, really bad and only have the future to look forward to let their young guys shine this much. I'm going to make an exception for Josh Winkowski, mainly because he's our last shred of hope that we're clinging on to so that we can say the Andrew Benintendi trade was worth it. So we don't want but need him to be a at least number four starter for us for us to be able to say yes this was at least a decent trade for us we didn't necessarily win the trade but we didn't get you know completely shelled for it i don't know it's just we're relying so much on these young guys between duran between bellow winkowski between jeter downs coming up for a couple games we're just wasting so well i wouldn't say wasting but we're putting so much time and effort into our young guys it doesn't even feel like we're trying to win anymore you know because a win now team by now would have gone out and would have paid the price for somebody who could come in and help us now not somebody that can help us four years down the road you know what i mean our window we had so much promise at the end of last year and now our window is very very quickly shutting and Looking, going back to the end of last season, I think it was kind of foretelling that we might have a year like this because when you look at what happened in free agency, you know, we got Trevor Story, which is great. Um, But other than that, you know, I know a lot of people would have liked to see uh, Schwarber get re-signed and he didn't, he went to Philly. But you didn't really see anything that said, hey, we almost made it to the World Series. Let's build upon that while we still have it. I mean, when when you just look at this roster, first off, when I look at the roster right now, I'm seeing a bunch of injuries. I, you know, Kike okay. hasn't played in forever. He just got put on the 60-day. You know, Devers just get, got put on the 10-day. Stories on the 10-day. I mean, when I, when I look at who can play right now, when I just look at what happened during the offseason, it feels very avoidable. It feels like there are certain things, although – I was one of those people who was happy when we got Jackie back at the price of Renfro. I don't really like that. And, you know, I wouldn't say that we were shifted into a rebuild mode for this year, but we definitely weren't helped to put be put into a winning position. 
I think we're very fortunate to be one game over 500 right now, although that may change after today's game. That will change after today's game, unless we see a miracle of miracles and we start coming back. I honestly just don't see it. The worst part, if we lose today, which most likely, and the Orioles somehow beat the Yankees, we're last place in the AL East. We are last, last place at 500. When we were riding basically all last month in second place. Yeah. And now this time we're going to be in dead last, which kind of just. I don't want to say it's like horrible because we're still 500, which honestly we should thank our lucky stars to be there. It just kind of shows how tough the entire AL East is. Hardest division in baseball, one of the hardest divisions of all time, in my opinion. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, you know, you just put it. Everybody right now is at or above 500. The Orioles, 500. You know, if they beat the Yankees, they're above. We, we're probably going to sit at 500. But, I mean, when you just you look at the standings and, you know, just looking at the wild card right now, Rays, Blue Jays, then you have the Mariners, you know. Just saying that you're right now you have the Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, you know, hopefully we're still on the doorstep. We're three games back. Baltimore's three and a half. I mean, we're all in competition. Now, it would be cool to see the whole division make the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, I think that between us and the Orioles, one or both aren't going to make it. I hope it's the Orioles. Of course, teams are riding hot right now with the Mariners with the win streak they went on. Cleveland sticking around. That's the competition right there. Um, of course, the Mariners have a, you know, longstanding uh, like curse in their way. I think we have that going for us. So, you know, if we can scoot by the Mariners, you know, the Mariners haven't made the playoffs in my lifetime. And, you know, I want to keep that going. So. If we can finish out somewhere in that third spot, second spot, you know, hope we don't play the Yankees uh, or no Yankees, probably between the Yankees or the Astros being the one, but, you know, hopefully if you don't have to play either or in that wild card game, mm -hmm. maybe get into a divisional round, kind of like last year, get lucky against Tampa, but it's a lot of hoping. Like you have to hope for these fluke, fluky situations. So we're really not in a good spot. Yeah. The thing is, though, that's really going to, that's still in our favor. We're only five and a half games behind the race if we lose today. Or five. We're going to be five games behind, which isn't insurmountable. You know, we can still make that up. And the Blue Jays are only a half game behind them. So it's still possible. But we have to start winning these goddamn ALEs games. I know it's the hardest division in baseball. I understand. But it's put up or shut up. Like I said, and right now, we're being fucking neutered. That's just the basics of it. We're getting screwed, bent over by the division. So we just need to start taking games away from the division. And it kind of sucks because, like, there are some teams that absolutely suck that we never face in the entire season. You know, perfect example, the Rockies. The Red Sox never faced the Rockies this year. Out of 162 games, they're not facing the Rockies. But yet we have to face the Yankees 19 times. We have to face the Orioles 19 times. We have to face the Blue Jays in the race. That's what, basically, I thought off the top of my head, that's 76 games, right? Yeah. 76 games in our own 
freaking division. And then even with that, not getting a chance to play the Rockies, the cupcake games we do get to play against the Cubs, you know, the series we played in Chicago, I'm pretty sure we dropped two or three or some of those. I just remember looking at those being all the winnable games that we ended up losing out on. And, you know, part of that I blame on, you know, Whitlock being in the rotation instead of the bullpen, you know, not having a, a competent closer that can close out games. I think if there was a point in the series where I think things started going downhill, it was when we first had to go to Toronto, how couldn't pitch. They said Whitlock's going to be starting. He, he was a great starter, um, you know, at first. I think he carried a few perfect games for, like, four innings or no-hit bids. Four innings, of course, didn't last long. His pitch count went up. They didn't keep him in too long. But after teams started figuring him out, starts weren't really worth it. With him being in the bullpen, it was pretty much shut down. Nobody got to see him. You know, mm-hmm. you see him. He's fresh. That changeup, that – uh. What's his name? Uh, taught him last year. Wow, I can't believe I'm forgetting. But uh, the slider that he has, the sinker that he has, the changeup that he learned, you saw it. It was by you. You sat down. Mm-hmm. Now that he was in the rotation, you know, you get a look at it, you hit him, you know, and then he gets that elbow inflammation, goes to Worcester. We're seeing him come back now, seeing him back in the bullpen probably for the rest of the year. Hopefully everything is good mechanics wise and hopefully, you know, he'll be pitching seventh, eighth inning. I'd rather him, if he's good, be the closer than Hauk. I think it's unfortunate with Hauk that we've never seen him just be a starter for the entire year. You know, I think this is maybe his third or fourth year being with the Red Sox, actually being up with us. And every time he starts a couple games, doesn't go too deep, then all of a sudden he's in the bullpen. I think he's having his best bullpen year out of the times that he's been with us, you know, having the de facto closer role being, you know, manageable there. But I think it's sad that, you know, when he first, when I first heard his name, when he came up and there, Oh, he's the righty Chris sale. You know, I'm expecting to see him pitch start, you know, win a lot of games for us. And it just hasn't been that between the way he's pitched and between, you know, the situation with the roster and, you know, in a perfect world, I'd rather have, um, at the start of the season, rather would have had Hauk starting with Locke in the bullpen. But again, mm-hmm. him being unvaccinated and to going to Toronto that early kind of messed that up. And so I wouldn't necessarily put the blame, the pitching blames on him. I would say that the shift in how they had to handle the rotation started there, and it's just gone downward since that first Toronto series. Mm-hmm which I can 100% agree on. But I do have to talk about three things before we move on to our next thing. First, J.D., you've never been around the Massachusetts area, have you? You're an L.A. native. Yes. But never been up towards the New England area. No. I'm planning a trip this December, hopefully to see the Bruins play at Fenway, catch a Patriots game. It's in the works. That'll be my first time. Nice. But I need to let you – you need to do this right now. W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. Worcester. Worcester. Okay. Not Worcester. <laughs> Not Worcester. Because if you go up there to Massachusetts and you say Worcester, somebody is liable to fight you. Okay? 
All right, I'll keep that in mind. That's for everybody out there. All of my, all of my Massachusetts natives up there, you know, you know. All right, like I said, dated a girl from Worcester. Don't even think about it while you're up there, all right? It's just right. word to the wise. Uh, second, you got to tell the people about the shirt you're wearing because I just noticed it. Yes, this is my Pesky Pole Podcast merch. Got it while I was in college, wear it all the time. You know, people out here got to know. Mm-hmm. Did you get anything? No on, Dodger fan. Did you get, um, is there anything on the back or did you just get the basic one? No, I just went with the plain one. I saw the other ones. I was like, you know what? I think this fits. I got the red, you know, red socks. You know, I love it. I'm wearing it all the time in the gym. People know who I'm listening to. You already know. I got mine hanging up in my closet. It's, it's kind of buried. I need to bring it back out. But just had to let the people know one time. And then third, what you were saying about Garrett Whitlock. So I feel like there's a pesky pole podcast curse. All right. I hate people. Hear me out. Basically, the curse is if I DM you and you leave me on red, you're going to have a shitty season. First example, guy named Matt Andre East. Do you remember Matt Andre East? Yes. That's, that's who taught Woodlock his changeup. That's who I was trying to think of. Okay. So with him, he gets signed in early December. Send him a DM. Hey, congrats on being signed to the Red Sox. Our pitching definitely needs help, so I can't wait to see what you do for this team. I'm really excited to look um, to see you in a Red Sox uniform. He messaged me back saying, thanks so much. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited to see what I can do for this team. I messaged him back. Hey, if you have a little bit of time, I'd love to get you on my show. Let the Red Sox fans get to know you and all that. Leaves me on red. Gets about a 6-7 ERA and absolutely sucks. And I believe he was DFA'd from Red Sox. Yep. Picked up by the Mariners. Mm -hmm. Ended his season there. Yep. So, then we move on a couple weeks later. Garrett Whitlock gets Rule 5 Message him. Obviously, he hops on the show. And this dude kicks some ass. Right? Sub-2 ERA. Has one of the best rookie seasons we've seen from a pitcher in the Red Sox in a while. I messaged him back after the season. Hey, it was an awesome season from you. So glad to see you did well. If you want, hop back on the show. I'd love to talk to you about the season and all that. Left me on red. Now, he's not necessarily having a bad season, but it's nowhere close to what he was having last year. Yeah, Coincidence? I, definitely I makes me not think twice about hopping on here. <laughs> Makes them put, makes you put on your tinfoil hat for a second. Makes you think, wait, maybe there's something behind this, you know? All right, but we do have to move on. So, first things first, trade deadline's coming up, okay? Now, we had somebody a couple days ago come out against the Red Sox. And this was a former pitcher of ours, legendary pitcher out of the bullpen saying that he hates the way that High and Bloom is using his style of um, as a manager from the Rays. He's hating the way he's bringing that to the Red Sox. He's saying, basically, the Red Sox got money. Go out and freaking use it. We're a big market. 
Razor Smallmark. You know who this person is? No, I do not, but I'm in agreement with them. It's Jonathan Papelbon. Legend in the Red Sox community. You already know. But it kind of it kind of brings up there's it's a different beast going from a big market from a small market team to a big market team. That's undeniable because you're playing with more money. You're playing with more people who want to come to the area that you're going to because you're able to pay them more money and it's more likely that you will be competing. So technically it's easier to be in a big market team, to be a general manager of a big market team. But in all honesty, some of those small ball moves that he's made have really paid off for us. For example, trading Brandon Workman for Nick Pavetta and um, Connor Siebold. Connor Siebold kind of blows right now. Nick Pavetta is doing awesome, or at least he was until this month. This month he's atrocious. But um, getting Garrett Whitlock in the Rule 5, getting, um, oh, what was that? Who's the shortstop we had that we got from the Rule 5? Did a lot in 2020, and it's kind of been an up-and-down guy for us now. So Jonathan Arauz, was that who it was? Maybe, yeah. He's he's had some big pinch-hit moments that I can think of, mm-hmm. but that's about it. But we've been able to use some of that kind of small ball tactics, if you will, to be able to build this roster to completely overachieve last year. So honestly, I'm in disagreement with this. I think that just bringing that new style – it's going to give us something else to fight for. Now, I'm going to possibly change my mind this offseason, depending on what happens with some key players, because we need to fucking pay them. So if we don't pay those players, I'm definitely changing my mind. But your thoughts? So I like some of the small signings. I think there's people who really shine, you know, mm-hmm. but the whole balling on a budget kind of mentality i think trevor story is going to be the biggest contract that he's uh that i'm put out so far 100 but you know and again like you said it's going to come to resign period is really where you're going to make up your mind but for me there's some pieces that i just think again i'm one of those people who would have liked to have short back doesn't have to be for a long time just maybe see a little a little bit more you know i know he was a piece to kind of just make a playoff push do well but you know he actually kind of thrived while he was here i would have liked to see that yeah but these smaller signings you know they're not always great like you say you see matt andres you know it was one of those small just reliever signings you're hoping that he does well kind of blows up in your face then you get guys like matt strom who i think has been pretty decent for the find that you get you know Mm -hmm. but you can't you can't necessarily win a playoff team, you know, with these small signings. You can't have a team of Matt Strong, Matt Andres, you know. You're going to need some bigger guys. And, you know, Trevor Story's great signing. That's one guy, you know. Now, we haven't – we didn't see Xander or Devers get an extension in the offseason. We heard, hey, we're going to wait. Yeah. We don't want to do talks during the season. So we're going to have to wait and see. But, you know, you can't have that raise mentality of, you know, player gets good, you can't pay them, let them go elsewhere. We have the money to re-sign these people. These, you know, this is a big market. We have franchise pay- uh, players, you know, small market. You don't really have franchise players. Or if you do, you got to get them on a team-friendly deal. We don't need to give people team-friendly deals. Give them a deal that they're going to want and they'll want to stay. 
So it's going to be really big to see, you know, when he finally, you know, gets a chance to talk to Xander, talk to Rafi, see what gets put out there. You know, obviously the first contract that they put out there isn't going to get signed, but, you know, what we first hear about those contracts is really going to show, you know, how next offseason is going to go because it's not sh- it's not just going to be re-signing them. You're going to need to build upon the rotation. You got a lot of guys that are going to be going out and, you know, just everything else. So those extension talks are going to be the first building block to the rest of that offseason. And, you know, based upon what we see there, it may be another – you know, year like this year. I don't think it'll be be as bad as 2020. Hopefully not, but it may be another year like this year, next year. Mm-hmm. But we're not just talking about the offseason, though. We're talking about trade deadline also. And that leads us into what we're going to talk to next. Trade deadline. Now, before I get into what I'm going to talk about, JD, are we buying or selling? Me personally... I look at what the Braves did last year, and I say that if you can make the right acquisitions at the deadline, that's all that matters. So I'm going to say with the money that we have, the pressure that is on him, I'm going to say that we're buyers. Which I'm hoping for too, but especially with this past month, that we're 5 and 14 in the month of July. 5 and 14. It's not looking great. And it's looking like every day we're getting closer and closer and closer to being sellers. But I do want to go through both. First of all, let's just check back in on the score. We are now down 6-2, to two, by the way. Which is awesome. But let's start first if we buy. All right. Some of the guys that have been rumored to be targeted by the Red Sox, the biggest one, or the biggest two, Josh Bell. It's the first one, which I'm perfectly fine with. We've been the statistically, we have been the second worst team at first base this season. Bobby Dahlbeck, Frankie Cordero, they're not cutting it. You know, we need we need to get a true bat in here to help us. Josh Bell, I believe, would be a perfect fit for us. What do you think? I think, and I heard people compare it like this, kind of like signing Schwarber last year, putting him at first, of course. Josh Bell can actually play first, but, you know, switch hitting bat, can't hit for power. You know, if he's on, he's on. I think it's just like getting Schwarber last year. I would love it. Um, I love Bobby, one of Bobby's biggest supporters. I just don't like the streakiness. Franchi, I, you know, I want to believe in him because of the Benny trade, but, you know, we really need a first baseman. We need it. Uh, There's... I and French Cordero is just going to be a lifetime AAA guy. He's going to be a legend in Worcester. We'll leave it at that. You know what I mean? He's just going to yeah. be nothing more. And it sucks that we traded ben- Benny away. But there are strong rumors that he's the second guy we're targeting right now. And honestly, that feels like more of a want than a need at this point. Outfield play, I feel like we're fine on, you know, if the people of Boston don't riot and try and take out Jaron Duran by themselves, I feel like outfield play is solid for us. So I see it as, and 
you know, I heard that the Yankees were big on it too. But again, then you get Toronto. Kansas City goes to Toronto after team can't play, Benny included. Yeah. You know, you can't play games, especially when you're talking about our divisional play. If we want to get better and win division games, we have to have people that can play in division games. That's why the Yankees are now on out on them. And I think that's why the Red Sox should also be out on them. And then again, I think it would just be another one like when they traded for Jackie back, you know, did we need Jackie? Did we need a fielder? I, he's really a designated fielder. Yeah. I think it's just a boost to nostalgia. And, you know, we need to win. We don't need nostalgia. Now, Benny's been better than since he had his 2020. Of course, the problem with 2020, he was trying to hit more for power instead of just staying within what he was. Yeah. Now that he's gone back to what he was, he's doing better. But again, it's like you said, it's more of a want and not a need. We don't need Benny back. I would love for him to come back. I'd love for Franchi to have to change his number. But, you know, it's not a need. You know, if we need something, we need pitching. We need a first baseman that can hit and field because I, I know how many disastrous moment, moments that Bobby has had this season at first. I think he can be a great fielder at some times, but just seeing those moments where you just see those real awkward plays. I know there was a game where we literally could have won in the ninth. He bobbles the ball. We yeah. end up losing. Someone who can hit and field at first, pitching, not just the rotation and the bullpen too. That's a lot to ask for at the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, it would be great to get him back, especially if we get him back for cheaper than what we originally sell him out for, which wasn't a lot. If there's any way we get him back for cheaper, that'd be great. I would be pissed if he landed on the Yankees. I would be so pissed. Just nobody talked to me for a good three to five business days. Not, nope. All right, next guy, Ian Happ from the Cubs. Another one of an outfielder who obviously is just, like I said, outfield is a want and not a need. Unless he can come in and start playing first base for us, which I don't know if he can, to be honest. If he can, great, bring him in. If he can't, no, not at this point. So I definitely like the idea of bringing in Ian Happ more than an attendee again, another switch hitter, just like Josh Bell. Yeah. Um, good out, uh, outfield play, can hit. Um, necessary. I don't know off the top of my head what the injury is with Kike. I just know that they put him on the 60 day retroactive to whenever he got put on. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants Jaron Duran playing right now. It, you know, he could start hitting home runs, he could do whatever, steal 20. Nobody wants to see him play after that inside the grand slam right no one wants to see him on the field so this may it may be one of those moves where this is more about you know the fan base and you know team getting another outfielder to play so that jaron duran doesn't have to play again he's not a bad outfielder. he's not a bad person to be playing right now he's public enemy number one you might want to get someone else out there and if that's ian hap i would i would not be mad if we got ian hap and they didn't get anybody at first base, I'd be a little disappointed, but I wouldn't be too disappointed, you know? Mm -hmm. But if we got Benny, no first baseman, you know, I'm not watching any more games this season. <laughs> yeah, which which I can understand. The thing is, if we're getting an outfielder, 
there's one and only one name which I am agreeing to bring back. And it is a good old-fashioned shot of nostalgia. JD, you already know who it is. Say it. I don't know. Oh, come right. on. <laughs> okay, you're you're an OG of the channel. Who was one of the staples? Oh, of season? course. You would want Kevin Pillar. Kevin That's who it is. fucking Pillar put some respect on his name. All right. That is still the end goal. Get Kevin Pillar on the show. Get Ari back so he can interview Kevin Pillar himself. Still. Like I said, right from the jump, I'm not sure if you're around this early, but in one of our first episodes, Ari was just like, Kevin Pillar is a top 15 outfielder. I'm like, he's not even a top three that. outfielder for us. Yeah. Why are you saying he's top 15? And he played like a top 15 outfielder the entire season. I was sh- shocked. And I love the guy. Sucks that he had to go to the Mets. What team does he play for now? Is he still on the Mets? Uh, I believe he's on the Dodgers. I believe they signed him in the offseason. I don't oh, think he's actually no. played with the big club, but I believe that's where he is right now. Let me just check to make sure. But I'd, I'd be really upset. Yeah, he's on the Dodgers. Hooray. Yeah, that's 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 great to see. That's that's awesome, you know. But a couple of the other guys that we might be buying for, I'm going to go through these quick. Uh, Tyler Maley, I think that's how you pronounce it, from the Reds. It's another one they're thinking of to get us some bullpen out. Noah Syndergaard, which I don't know how realistic that one is because it doesn't seem like a guy contract. who – Yeah, it doesn't seem like a guy who would fit, really. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an arm that's a starter, yes, but we're not talking about the Noah Syndergaard of old, you know. And the last one is um, Jose Quintana. And I feel like if you go for that, you're just trying to get someone to eat innings, eat a start. Yeah, I'm not really in on that's those like names. us. That's like us. I don't know if you remember this far back, 2019. Red Sox are in the hunt for a wild card spot. And we ask our good old friend, Dave Dombrowski, hey, what are you going to do? Who are you going to buy for the, um, for the bullpen? We need help in the bullpen. Who are you going to go out and get? So Dave Dombrowski calls up the Orioles, and he gets back. Kashner. Ryan Trashner. Oh, Ryan Trashner. But I was going to think of Andrew Kashner was another one of those names where it was just like, what are, you, what are we doing? Yeah. That was one of those where it was like, hey, I did what you wanted. You you better be happy. I did what you want. No, we're not happy. He did all of jack and shit. He he came in and had like a five ERA. No, he sucked. There was no helping that guy. But we do need to move on to if we were selling. It's a legitimate option. I'm gonna tell you some names who are free agents or their contracts are expiring. And I need you to tell me which ones are most realistic to move. Xander Bogarts obviously can opt out and he could be a free agent this year. J.D. Martinez on the last year of his contract. Rafael Devers hits free agency after next season. But it's most likely they won't trade him. Eovaldi's a free agent. Kike, JBJ, Vasquez, Waka, Rich Hill, Strom. The list goes on of guys that we have who are most of them serviceable at their position. And another contender could really want them. Question is, out of those, which ones do you think are going to get moved? And realistically, how much do you think we're going to get back for them? Okay, so I 
don't think I think the biggest name we could possibly sell would be Vasquez. And, you know, I know you're one of those who you thought he would be on the race last year. I think last year you said at some point we would trade him to the race mm-hmm. and he had that big walk off against the Rays. And I remember pointing that out. I was like, you didn't even think he'd be on the team. So this is the year where I'm saying he may not be on the team. I think that's the biggest name that could possibly be moved. Um, you know, I wouldn't really want to see Plawecki and Connor Wong be the guys behind the plate. But if you're going to sell on someone, sell Vasquez. Now, I don't know who would want him. I, right now, I don't really know who would be in the market for a catcher. That's the biggest possible name that we'd sell. Um, I think Strom could be a guy if we're selling that could be going, you know, a serviceable lefty in the bullpen. Someone's going to want that. But I really don't think like JD is a guy, I believe he said that he wanted to end his career with the Red Sox. Now, I don't think that'll happen. I think he plays longer than this season and I don't think he's back with the team next season. So if they want to go ahead and, you know, send him off, you know, personally, I mean, that is the way I said I set up my Instagram username, JD Martin, like JD Martinez. I love him on this team. I would be distraught if he's gone, but it could be a possibility. Again, I think Vasquez is more realistic, and I think he'll be the biggest name to go. But, you know, I would be able to see a possibility of JD going. Other than that, I don't think there's any other people that could be gone. Nobody's going to want Jackie Bradley Jr., all right. I I mean, we were the only team that wanted him. When the Brewers signed him, biggest mistake of, yeah. you know, whoever their GM was, you know, that's the biggest mistake of his career. Second big, biggest mistake was us trading back for him. Again, I really love him. He was one of my favorite players on that 2018. Love him. He just doesn't hit, yeah. you know. And, you know, the defense is great, but you can't hit. So I don't see anybody wanting that. You know, and if anybody's trading for him, it's not going to be a team that's in the hunt. I don't see any bottom of the league team trading for him. So I don't see him going. There's really see, I feel like we're in an in-between. We wouldn't if we do trade for someone, we're not going all in just getting a big trade. Like, you know, how people are saying how Juan Soto could be moving. Like, we're not going to get Juan Soto. We're not going to get for some people think the Angels think that Otani will get traded. There's no way we're in on those names. But also, I don't see us selling on a lot of guys. I think it'll be kind of like last year. Not as much as last year, but last year, you know, trade for Schwarber, you trade away Chavis. Like, you know, that was pretty That was pretty much it. So I, I see it being like that. Which, yeah, the Red Sox front office himself has come out. This was a week and a half ago, so we don't know what's changed. They said they were going to be cautious buyers. So they were going to like basically do the same thing as last year. We're going to get a big name. We're not going to pay a lot for him. Low risk, high reward. You know, the biggest thing that kind of scares me is JD has publicly said he's open to the Red Sox trading him. Where he he basically said to the media, he said, look, it's a win-win. They're obviously going to trade me to a competitor if they trade me anywhere. So it's either I don't get traded and I stay here on a team that I love. Or I get traded and I'm on a team that I'm sure I'd like and I'll have a chance to compete for a championship. Either way, I'm still competing and I see it as a win-win. So he's not saying that he he's only stuck to here. He will be fine if the Red Sox trade him. 
along with some other names. If Xander's gone this year, Rafi's gone within the next six months. It's that simple. Those two were supposed to stay here forever. And if one leaves, I guarantee the other's going with them. Which is going to suck. But we have some other guys in the in the farm system who in two to three years can take over their spots. Uh, Marcelo Mayer, he's got a couple more years. He's only, what, 19, 20? He'll yeah, be up in a couple basically years. Basically the same age. Yeah, he'll be That's up in a couple years. Yeah, I know. Um, and then at third, we have Cassis, who can play first also. And if Cassis goes to first, hopefully Blaze Jordan makes his way up through the ranks and he'll be able to get up here. You know, we have guys who are willing to step up but that's talking two, three, four years down the road. That's not talking now. Now is when we have a decent opportunity to be able to fight. And the question is, would you be willing to trade a guy like Blaze Jordan, possibly Tristan Cassis, for somebody of a big name? Because that's what's saying that maybe it'll take to get Josh Bell. Is Maybe the Nationals won't even accept a one-for-one Cassis for Bell swap. I am not willing to. I I don't I think at this point in the season I mean what the Braves did last year like was amazing, you know, getting Jorge Soler. Yeah. They were able to do it. That is not something you see happen every year, every five years. You know, you may see it once a decade. We're not just gonna magically go from, you know, being right here where we're at, at the season. There's still a ton of games left. We could have another month like June. Yeah. We could be back in the third division, maybe get back up to two. But I don't see us winning the World Series. Even if we went on a you know magical run, this just doesn't feel like a year we would win the World Series. I don't know. Like When I picked the, the Braves win last year and they went on their season, it still felt like they had a, a strong team that just couldn't win games. And then they, you know, Ronnie Acuna got hurt. And you thought all hope was lost. When I look at this team, I just see a team that can pour it on sometimes and a team that looks hopeless at others. I just don't see a team that gets changed so much as one piece. I'm so hopeful. I still want them to buy. I just don't see, you know, shipping off, you know, what your future at first or third, you know, for Josh Bell. Mm-hmm. And with his contract situation, it would just be this year, correct? Yeah. We'd have him for this year. Then he's a free agent. We probably don't re-sign him. Josh Bell isn't a name that I like enough to do that. If it was, if it was like last year and it was Kyle Schwarber and we were doing the same thing, I might be in a little bit more in on it. I still think that it was kind of, you know, we, there was a chance that Schwarber might have fluked and, you know, he did do great for us. But with Josh Bell, I, He's not a name that I, I would want to get rid of, you know, whether it be Casas or someone else like that. I just, that's not a name I, I want, you know. Which I'm, I'm 100% there with you. And, I mean, I can't disagree on anything you're saying. And even though you're a diehard fan of the team, it's all right to sometimes be pessimistic. You should hear the freaking Rockies fans out here. They hate themselves. I mean, the Rockies stadium, course Field, beautiful beautiful stadium okay i need to get to a game before the season ends i'm looking around late august to get to a game but i mean you just talk to some of the people here in denver when you go downtown in the city and they're like yeah i hate the state we're in as rockies fans 
they got a couple of good people who are coming up through the ranks. Like um, Benny Montgomery, I know, is one who's climbing through the ranks. He's only 20 years old. Really good outfield prospect. I believe – is it for them? I'm not sure what the kid's name is, but they have another outfield prospect. But they're, really, but they're like, yeah, we're just – there's no hope in our team right now. I don't know why they signed Chris Bryant, but there's zero hope in this team. And basically every fan, every diehard fan out here says the same thing. They're all like, look, I'm just looking forward to the Broncos, man. That's all I have hope for at this point. Which Yeah, and I really hope we don't get to that point. But it feels like, you know, depending on how this year and next year goes, it feels like we might be one of those, you know, teams too where we're fans that just say, hey, you know what? The Bruins season just ended. Got to suffer through a Red Sox season, just waiting for the Patriots to come back. I really hope it does not get to that point. But there is that possibility that it does get that, you know, decimate. Yeah, which, like I said, this episode was going to be full of sadness and it was going to be bad. But we got to end it off. Real quick, though, before we end it off, Big Poppy officially in the Hall of Fame today. So that's something as a Red Sox fan we stand damn proud for. Love that guy till the day he dies. Always, forever, Red Sox legend. So it is awesome to see him moving up into the Hall of Fame today. And have you seen any highlights of the ceremony? Did you see his suit? No, I I didn't get a chance. Uh, I was at church, so I knew that the ceremony was today, but I didn't get to see any of it. Mm -hmm. I, I saw it right after I got back from church. Obviously, you guys know we record this on Sunday, the Lord's Day always but he came out he's in his dark gray suit got the shades on like only big poppy could rock him i'm like nobody else you know that that man and maybe manny but let's be honest manny ramirez would wear a suit that's like four times too big for him and think he'd be rocking it let's be completely honest there but you got it in the episode jd anything you want to say to the fans before we sign off stay hopeful you know There's still a chance. We can be pessimistic, but this is still our team. Don't give up hope. But if you do have to give up hope, Patriots football three weeks away. It's right around the corner. I couldn't have said that better myself. But, J.D., huge thanks for coming on. We're going to get you on in a little while, probably closer to when playoffs are. And hopefully at that point we're saying, yes, the Red Sox might clinch a wild card spot. Let's hang in there. Let's get through this. But – this point right now, it's not looking so great. But to the fans, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, make sure you're back here next week. We are on YouTube, Spotify. Basically, anywhere you get your podcast, you'll find my beautiful voice there. Thank you guys so much. God bless you guys. Let's roll that outro music. See you guys next time. I like your taste in dunes and everything you ooze. The tempo of your being.
Watching you bloom in the light of the moon Your loneliness will never